Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 58, Don't You Wanna Wanna Get Along. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Mr. Ross McQueen. What happened to the pen thing that you were practicing before we went on? What happened to Hey Hey? Oh, Hey Hey. What happened to the pen thing you were practicing before you went on? I wasn't, I wasn't practicing it. I was just making polite conversation while also putting the words Box Cutters episode 58 in. Do you want me to do that one as you well? You distinctly said Box Cutters episode 58. My pen is not working. No, I think I said, my, I think my pen is running out. Oh, that's true. That's uh, and true. then I swapped pens. It was oh, no longer relevant. It's not relevant. I no see. longer relevant. I see. And to my right, Mr. Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. What's, uh, what's going on, gentlemen, other than, you know, dissatisfaction at television. my opening? Television and lots of it. Heaps of television. But Heaps a lot less chaos than last week. Less chaos? I, I must say I'm a lot calmer than I was that this time last week. You were oh. very angry. Well, you were very angry last week. There was a lot to get angry about. Mm-hmm. It, you can mm-hmm. check out uh, boxcutters.net and see Brett's tirade about the ABC. My, that's a lot of words. No, it wasn't even a tirade, but it was... It was I didn't get through it. It was too long. It was a well-thought-through <laughs> counter to the new policy that's going to be introduced in March next year. So, so you... No, I'm, I'm not even going to start there, but... It, it, it's worth checking out because there's a, a lot of information there, mm. and quite and, a few and people good, have uh, good discussion in the comments. Yeah, yeah. So check that out on boxcutters.net. SBS is next. Oh, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. Coming up on Boxcutters episode fifty-eight, we uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about Jason Alexander's comedy Christmas. Can't wait for that. Oh. Uh, we've, we're going to continue our series of looking at shows in the new fall season yep. in the US yep. before they get taken off air. Yes. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the new show on Channel 10, Tripping Over. Mm-hmm. Which uh, was very remiss of us not to mention last week. I yes. I think we should have mentioned. It, it is easier to catch up with the American shows because they air, people can download them. And we, at our leisure, we can spread it out over the weeks. Whereas, whereas, whereas Channel 10's publicity department could use a little bit of work. Oh, they mm. could send us preview tapes for a start. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what I'm getting at. Yes. Channel, Channel Josh, I believe it's been coined. <laughs> that's, uh, yes. Uh, th- thank you very much to uh, Paul Boxcutter, who has started calling it Channel Josh. Channel Josh. Paul Boxcutter, who uh, became our third contributor. So yeah, if, so uh, congratulations to Paul Boxcutter and to uh, Nibbo, fourth of five, who's our uh, second. I thought he was Nigel. Is he? No, he's definitely Nibbo. Nibbo, Nibbo. It's Nibbo. Nibbo. He's Nigel Boxcutter. It's only one B. Oh, I'm still going to call him Nibbo. <laughs> all right. <laughs> if he's got a problem, hooray, at Boxcutter. <laughs> or he can write his own post on the blog. He, this, <laughs> this he can. So if you're a, a regular uh, contributor to the uh, to the blog as far as comments goes and emails to us. Uh, let us know if you want to start writing your own pieces for boxcutters.net. It's all part of the Boxcutters experience. Mm. Uh, just uh, finishing <laughs> off what's coming up later on, we've got letters to Boxcutters. Finally. About bloody time. Finally. This has been a long time coming. Well, actually, finally, we've got pork. Yes, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and to kick things off, here's the Boxcutters news. In local, nobody really cares very much news, Ozstar, the pay television network, 
that uh, pretty much just goes to rural communities mm-hmm. has uh, has said it has an, an unaudited profit of an eight percent increase on last year, one hundred and one point nine million dollars. Are they expecting to be audited? Uh, I think they all need to have it approved and companies defined. have to do an audit and then have their AGM and have the financial uh, reports and yeah. Mm. Uh, so but just just without having somebody come in and, and look at their books just at the end of the financial year, we have that. $101.9 million. And I think we've discussed this enough. <laughs> hey, finally, some good news on the Uplake Game Show Quiz Monkey Disaster Areas. Someone's Six hours de- a day. Someone's developed a bomb that will destroy only those types of shows. Getting close. Midnight Zoo has gone. Hooray! So, at boxcutters.net. So that's Channel 7 version. Really? That's off the air. Uh, I'm not sure. It may have always been planned to go off at about this time. So I think it went but, off quite early. Uh, but that's gone. Well, now, that, now that we're coming up towards the end of the ratings period. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it had something to do with daylight savings. But I could be wrong. Uh, and uh, Wynn has dumped Quiz Monkey. Bless you, I didn't Wynn know TV. they were taking it. So, Wynn were I th- taking it. I thought it. they were still doing Dave. No, they're doing Dave now. Dave and then Dr. Phil and then something they, else. They started, they started doing Dave, but they must have picked it up at some stage. Uh, probably if they were in some deal with profits or something like that. Wynn have, uh, have always treated Dave quite a bit better than Channel 9. It, it was on Wynn. It's on at a regular time, usually midnight. And, um, yeah, it doesn't get bumped for... Every, any old thing. So, Nine could learn a lesson from Wynn. Brett Crupley, you might know this. If we had uh, satellite dishes mm-hmm. on our homes, mm-hmm. would we be able to pick up the wind signal? Uh, it's terrestrial, isn't it? It's not coming off a satellite, so oh, no. Right. If you had a great big frick-off receiver tower. Giant, giant antenna. You could do it. Or a very long cord. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, which is how they hooked up Melbourne and Sydney back in the day. Hadn't, hadn't thought about that. <laughs> Very long cord. Just, uh, just splice into the coax. Yep. <laughs> uh, speaking of nothing apropos. Right. Uh, Channel 9 have been given permission to shoot in... Shoot footage. Yes, thank you. <laughs> in uh, Victorian Magistrates Court after Chief Magistrate Ian Gray uh, said they could come in and film a pilot, which uh, is, oh. is the latest in the long line of reality TV meets the long arm of the law genre. Do, do you think this will work? Well, it's quite interesting. The article that I've got here doesn't actually mention anything about footage of anything apart from magistrates. And am I, am I under the incorrect apprehension that, that there's actually laws against footage and photos from court cases in this country? Uh, yeah, no, there, 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 are, uh, there are laws against that. Yeah. You're not allowed to... You're actually not allowed to show the face of the accused. Mm-hmm. You're only allowed to be drawn by a very dodgy sketch artist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and only, only if they use Derwent pencils, apparently. <laughs> so uh, they're, they're covering six so far uh, criminal cases, but I'm assuming that we're just looking at the magistrates. 
in the courts. So maybe, oh. maybe which the, could be really frustrating if, like, all the action's going on over there, and you just can't turn to have a look at what's going order, on. Order. Um, the <laughs> chief magistrate Ian Gray says that uh, it's it's a good educative vehicle uh, for the Australian public uh, to see that they actually do some really hard work. Given that, uh, reckons. Given that we don't have this predilection that the Americans have for constantly filming ourselves and you know the oprah donahue style oh, talk shows what, what's big brother and well they, and they've tried to get talk shows like they've, they've tried to get those sort of uh talk shows off the ground many many times here in this country and it's never worked because they just can't find the people uh who are willing to come on and make fools of themselves mm. and similarly it's not they in our laconic nature no and they haven't been able to do a judge judy style court drama either so i'm i'm interested to see whether this will work well i, I suspect that the law may preclude that as well um so in the states they've had court tv since the 70s yeah and judge duty's just well it's not really a, a, a recent one of, of yeah and so defendants well people people going to court have the opportunity to sign basically yeah. a waiver that says okay i'm fine about not being in real court i'll go on tv and yeah yep. maybe be an idiot or but, but I think, whatever I think way the, i'll be famous i think the rulings mm. in uh, uh judge joe brown judge judy um people's court all of those shows i think there is something that says those rulings are legally binding have, have you not heard the theme to judge judy the, the the people are real the evidence is real the legal the Whatever they are, are legally binding. All right. Well, there you go. Judgments. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Maybe it's judgments. We heard it from Ross's mouth. Yeah, and from the theme of Judge Judy. <laughs> I, I don't know if it'll. I don't know if this will work here. I, I'm interested to see if it does, but I don't know if it will. Hey, I've uh, I've got a whole lot of foreign <laughs> news. So why doesn't somebody go with something local in the meantime? We'll cover off on local stuff. A uh, veteran ABC reporter, journalist, broadcaster Maxine McHugh has announced that she's leaving. The national broadcaster oh, uh, on the really? on the expiration of her contract at the end of this year. Where's she going to go? Uh, well, she's just going to leave and uh, have a bit of a think about what she wants to do really? next. She pretty much feels that she's done everything that uh, she's had any aspirations to do as far as broadcast journalism goes in the last 30 years. Uh, starting off on this day tonight in Brisbane on the ABC in 1976. She's a she's a damn fine journalistic broadcaster. Um, she has kind of been kind of reserve bench uh, for the last ten years, I think. Did I read that correctly? Um, she's been writing as well for uh, the Australian or the Bulletin, um, so kind of just filling in on on late line on Friday nights and when uh, people. Have holidays but always, always a pleasure when she does. Yes. I'll, I'll miss her. Hmm. Hey, uh, viewers of Survivor who turned in to watch on Wednesday night at 9.30 would have been very surprised to see that Survivor wasn't actually on. Yes, Instead, I was. Instead, ER was on. I was, I was shocked. Now, was that advertised at being 
as being at that time? Yeah, they started to advertise. I think uh, I think midweek. Uh, nine's uh, Nine's Drama Wednesday, as they're calling it, in the last few weeks, had Rome on, and Rome was replaced by Survivor. It had uh, Sopranos on. Sopranos was replaced by Comedy Inc. It had Survivor on again, which was replaced by ER, and Comedy Inc. was now replaced by Survivor. I think instead of Drama Wednesday, I think they should call it Shuffle. Now, <laughs> or, not, or Random. Well, random Wednesday. Random Wednesday. I'm not sure where ER was left, because it, it screens earlier this year, starting around the same time as the free show started back. Yep. And they kind of just dropped it. Yep. Partway through the yep. series, and so we've gone back to, to partway through series twelve. I mid, think it is. Mid, I think it's halfway through series twelve. It is just one of those shows that will not die. Well, apparently, it's rating very well in the states, which is maybe one reason why they've brought it back. They, um, they were hoping to can it over there as well, and they, and but uh, there was people watching it. Well, I read, <laughs> poor television executives. I they can't read, catch a break, can they? <laughs> I did read something last week about they were they were talking about winding it up and getting all the character. Characters and storylines kind of tied up. Yeah, but um, storylines tied up and characters kind of <laughs> denuded. I think um, it's. I think it's just rating too well. So, right. The uh, so it's lost Carter and it's lost uh, uh, Doctor Green and it's lost uh, what's his Clooney and there's just kill it. There's a lot less <laughs> of the male eye candy there now. I think you know because it was created by Michael Crichton. And mm-hmm. it's more like a monster out of one of his novels now <laughs> than, than an actual TV show. I, I actually found, having, having had a look at a few episodes earlier this year, it was just a bit dull. Well, there's, I, I couldn't see... I watched some of it because it wasn't Survivor. Well, you're and waiting it took, for the footy show. Well, mm-hmm. well, I was waiting for Survivor to start. I flicked over and I'm going, oh, yeah, I must just be finishing. I'm waiting for Survivor to start. Yeah. And... No, ER just kept on going. I went, hang on a second. Uh, the um, Did you almost... realise, though, did you keep watching or did you realise that Survivor would be on after it? I realised that Survivor would be on after it, after, mm-hmm. uh, after checking the online guide. Right. And uh, What is your online guide of choice? Oh, I, I don't know. I, sometimes I, I use City Search. I, I don't know Ooh. anymore. I've got it just as a regular button on Firefox. It just says TV. I click on that, and it tells me what's going to be on TV. That's all I need to know now. No so, graphics, though. So, so you can't see what site you're on. I don't pay, I don't I, pay attention. I, I go look, to yourTV.com. I look directly at the listing. Click your uh, TV button on your computer to find out when <laughs> things are on. Yes, yes. Uh, so the uh, there's almost no emergency room left in AR. Really? Yeah, I couldn't see any of it. It was all... <laughs> Conversations in cars. <laughs> uh, but medical dramas are very hot at the moment. You've got oh, Grey's Anatomy, they, they which, is the, uh, which is the hottest show on the planet, apparently. So. And, uh, yeah. Oh, you've been reading, reading the Channel 7 publicity. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about uh, it, it's doing great guns. I think it's the number one rating show in the States at the moment. So. The Australian government has uh, decided to put some money into... Australian adult and kid drama. Ah, oh, fantastic. It's about time. Isn't it just? It is. Isn't it just? They're shelling out a whopping $200,000. <laughs> There's 12 minutes for you for a start. <laughs> I this, is, this is almost as bad as the, uh, the Victorian government's $1 million Film Victoria initiative a, a few years ago, thanks to Mary Della Hunty. 
That was uh, $1 million into Victorian film. This is $200,000 into Australian television drama. What, what are they hoping that that will pay for? Uh, they're giving it to writers. Through the AFC, writers can apply for up to $40,000. Well, there's more bang for your buck out of that, rather than production costs. Well, yeah, because it, it would just get eaten up in production costs yep. immediately. Uh, it's only going to go to experienced writers with uh, resumes as long as your arm and... Uh, it's so, so they're getting at least five new stories from writers that apply for forty grand each. Yes, but they won't necessarily go to five new writers who have shows that have been greenlit or shows that will definitely get off the ground. It's still up to a straight. See, if it went to the networks, and the networks could give out money for their funding for, for funding drama, they wouldn't give any to the writers at all. Well, no, but at least they have uh, invested time and effort into getting a drama off the ground. So, mm. you guys are professional writers. Are you putting in for grants? We don't have resumes as long as your arm. No, and you've got, you've got long arms. You've got to have one? Yeah, you've, uh, it, you really have to... Uh, uh, so, you have to be, have been published previously. There's about, a dozen, there's about a dozen TV writers in this state, and they pretty much write everything. Yeah. Does Marie still count as one of those? Uh, She'd probably be close. Yeah. But but there there are writers who just go from show to show to show, which does make it very hard for others to get on shows. It's, uh, in some respects, a closed shop. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, my bitterness. <laughs> Speaking out. Uh, hey, bit of sport news for you. Yes. And who says that uh, sport is in our strong suit? <laughs> <laughs> Channel 9 are uh, hoping to lure... One of the greatest rock stars ever to the central commentary position. That's right. Mick Jagger. What? He's uh, heading out to Australia this summer for the Ashes, which uh, there has been just unbelievable buzz about because everybody thinks that we should have them anyway. Um, Elton John has planned a tour and he has tickets for every day of the Ashes uh, around that. Um, And Mick Jagger's talking about coming out. Mm -hmm. And Channel 9 want to get him... In to have a bit of a cameo. Channel 9 want him on because he makes the rest of the commentary team look old. <laughs> I'm not sure that works. <laughs> right, He's oh. very old. <laughs> you knew what it's like 63 or something. <laughs> yeah, but compared to the rest old. of the commentary team. Yeah, never mind. I, I just, I don't know what uh, you know, Mick Jagger and Ian Healy are going to have to talk about. <laughs> Really, mm. it's uh, it's, it's you know, it's, it, what Ian Hill is going to go. Oh, he uh, bowled that off stump, and uh, and oh, it's a very difficult one uh, for being in the keeper's position. Very, very hard. And and Mick Jagger's going to go talking about hard. <laughs> I boned this bird once, and you know, it's, <laughs> what what is he going to say? I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. To, there's something else about cricket. You've got Brett. Uh, yes. Mick Jagger is apparently a cricket tragic, though. Really? Really? Apparently. So he and the Prime Minister would get along quite well. Well, the Prime Minister has done a few stints in the commentary box. Maybe they could get the two of them in together. I, I want to see the Prime Minister on stage with the Rolling Stones. Talking about crickets, uh, the National Cricket Body, Cricket Australia has said that it will not allow television interviews of dismissed batsmen as they leave the field during this summer's Ashes. 
this is good. This Channel is, Nine this is a good thing. Channel Nine are saying that they want to increase its coverage, including on-field questioning of players, and this is they've actually thing. recruited Stephanie Brands from SBS to be their on-field interviewer. Now, to, that just that that sentence about uh, including on-field questioning of players are they actually going to be walking out along the roads and say, "Hey, come over and have a chat with us"? There's yeah. not much happening. Yeah, I, th- I think they will. I, I mean, I understand this desire to have access to all areas, but you don't want somebody interviewed straight after they've gone out. No, why not? In, it, in a it, nasty it can, kind of it can, way, it can fully capture the emotion of. of you, you remember when the emotion was fully captured after the football? Yes. With all those yes. West Coast players. We fucking did it! <laughs> so, That's... I mean, can you imagine the negative side of that? Brant has said her role will be to talk to the cricketers as they step past the boundary rope on and off the field during the five-test series. Uh, but CA have set limits. Uh, this was after uh, some Victorian officials were incensed that a female Perth television reporter questioned Shane Warne about his marriage as he returned to the Wacker dressing room after being dismissed in the Pura Cup game. Right. <laughs> at at you know, least Channel I, I 9 think... were planning to do it. We're planning, presumably, to ask cricket questions. Well, you know, <laughs> However, maybe, this is, maybe this is the danger of, of women's magazine readers being put on the field to do the mm. interviews. However, knowing, that, uh, knowing how the Bush Rangers actually perform every year in the Milk Cup, the... Uh, that's pretty much the only question you could ask a Victorian <laughs> cricket player coming off the field. Really? It, oh, so you play pretty poorly. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Hey, uh, in uh, local news, the amazing race is to screen the family edition, which we've talked about before, starting in two weeks. So, so Channel on 7. Channel 7. On November 7. On November memory? 8, yeah, I think. Okay. Uh, I thought it was 7. But this is the family edition of the show. Yes, which is series eight. Eight. Isn't this the perfect opportunity to show it at a family-friendly time? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. They're showing it, they're showing it at 9.30, and it's starting with a two-hour special. This is, this is a classic example. Channel 7 have completely missed the boat with this show. They could have had a real ratings winner. It could have absolutely stormed in the ratings for them if they showed it at a reasonable time. It's a family-friendly yes. show. Oh, you're talking particularly about the family edition. No, I'm talking about the whole show. Well, Channel 7 have tried it time after time no, after time. they haven't tried it properly. They've, they've put it on for like a week or two and then taken it off. They need to stick with it. Stick with something more than a couple of weeks. And I reckon it'd be a ratings winner for them. Yeah, but they they and, can't. And they a, can't. <laughs> they have pins in their ass. And especially the family edition. I mean, family edition should be you know sometime when members of the family can watch. Yeah, I I agree. Hey, uh, if uh, if you're making a TV series in the US and it's a new TV series, and it's got a number in the title, mm-hmm. things aren't looking promising. Thirty Rock. 20 good years, 6 degrees, the 9, 3 pounds, and Studio 60 are all looking at the axe. Ooh. None of them have done well which at is, all. Which is a real pity as far as Studio 60 goes. It is. And we're talking about uh, today on the show, we're talking about 30 Rock. Yes. A bit later. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I think Studio 60 out of all those shows is the one that, uh, that will be most missed. 
I think so. Well, hopefully it's... I mean, at the moment it's rating fourth out of five. Right. Uh, so it's just not doing well at all. But somebody has to be fourth. Yeah. It just depends on how expensive it is, I suppose. Yeah. Well, at least those programs aren't the ones that Channel 9 have uh, picked up for next year's shows. Next right. year's uh, new content on Australian uh, TV. Because three of them have been axed. Which ones? Smith, which stars Australia's which own Simon Baker. Is it a shame because it was great? Kidnapped and Terrible. Runaway. Uh, kidnapped, Channel 9. And t- kidnapped, absolutely terrible. Runaway, never saw it. And uh, they also have Studio 60, so we'll see whether or not that's still playing yeah. by the time we get to uh, the new <laughs> as season. A, as opposed to Channel 7, who have Heroes, Ugly Betty, Brothers and Sisters, and uh, I can't remember what the other one is, but they're, they're all just rating through the roof. Yeah, and why don't you just give me a bag of ratings? Mm. Um, however, Nine do still have their CSI franchise and Cold Case, so maybe we'll just keep on seeing... <laughs> Dimly lit American police procedurals. Yeah, probably. Mm. And uh, celebrity enhanced clip shows of crap. Hey, Ross. <laughs> yeah? Uh, just very briefly. Very briefly. Uh, Torchwood, the Doctor Who spinoff, is rating very, very well in the... Uh, in the UK, Brett can probably tell us what, but it's the biggest something or other since something or other. It's the uh, largest digital channel audience for a non-sport program ever. Uh, there have been two sports go. programs that have uh, had more of an audience. Yep. Right. So it'd be interesting to see. I don't know. Do either of you know whether the ABC will be screening this? Uh, probably. You would assume so. Mm. Smallville uh, is going to be... About midway through next year. Smallville is going to be the first television series to be released on... HD DVD, which is high-definition uh, DVD. It's going to come out November 28th. It's going to be priced $20 more than the standard DVD set. And uh, they're only releasing uh, Series 5 on HD DVD. Uh, as a friend of mine says, what is the freaking point of HD D- DVD in the 1080i uh, formats when you can't actually get a 10.1 audio uh, home theatre system? That's a good <laughs> question. Uh d- 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 Channel 10 uh, took a, a bit of a big step a couple of weeks ago with Celebrity Joker Poker in the 8.30 time slot on because Tuesdays. Because it was 11.30. It had been late night. It had been yeah. with a, it had a what is it about just briefly you guys don't understand? Dodgy presenter. <laughs> um, they, they put their flavour of the month on there and uh, brought it to Melbourne, put it into a different casino. And, um, and, and? it actually went, it, it went pretty good in the first week. Got uh, over 700,000, but they lost 200,000 viewers just in that one week. It's only been signed up for four episodes, so they'll just stew through the next couple of weeks. It's not coming back. Hey, uh, Ross, I understand that uh, Tripping Over is downloadable. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, Come on, that's great. But that really shouldn't be news. Like, it, sh- it just should be downloadable yes. and everybody and that that's the way television should be now unfortunately it is still news you do have to pay for it it's being hosted by big pond big pond oh, members, you have to pay members for it. get it for uh 236 and members 295 really per episode. and you, you've got to get in in the 48 hours after midnight on the night that Screw it screens that oh it's too it's too much trouble but it doesn't i want that news revoked <laughs> <laughs> cut it out all right stricken uh, no, no, I've been talking to Brett later at the end of the show. The, uh, no, if you don't the hear, record. If you don't hear that bit of Pretend news. you didn't hear it. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about uh, Nielsen Ratings' plan in the US to start rating advertising. 
they're looking at the actual ads and rating how they, how they go. Uh, cable networks in the US have said, we're not having a bar of that. Your system doesn't work. Ah, good for them. Which is, uh, is going to be interesting. And lastly... In the news, unless, Brett, you want to talk about your seven green lights of pilot. Sure. Uh, I mentioned a few weeks ago that uh, City Homicide was uh, auditioning uh, actors. It's a new local crime series, basically from a person that uh, auditioned. Uh, they've taken Mount Thomas and put it into Melbourne City. Uh, has been greenlit for the uh, one-hour pilot. And lastly Shooting in the at news... at the end of November. And lastly in the news... NBC is set to air a special of Madonna's Confessions Tour, but they're going to be editing out her Live to Tell segment, which shows her wearing a crown of thorns, hanging on a crucifix. Oh, come on. That's so 1989 that all that freaking scandal's around. With That's what they're doing. Like a prayer? Was it's, it like a prayer? Yeah, but this is Live to Tell. Hey. 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 Let's go! Stella show so far. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I had no idea. (laughs) Hey, Tripping Over aired on Wednesday night for the first time. It premiered, or Mm -hmm. as they say in Variety, bowed. Really? Yeah, yeah. Variety, variety have their own lexicon. Right. Like and, B-O-W? And when a... Or B-O-U-G-H-E-D. B-O-W. It bowed. It bowed. Isn't it the end of it? And they would, call, <laughs> they would call it a skine, not a series. I don't know why. Really? They really just make words up. <laughs> That's just ridiculous, making it, up words and meanings. It's it, not like sharked. No, no, Shark's been around forever. As, as long as, te- for the 500 years that television's been around, people have been sharking. Mm, exactly. Anyway, so Tripping Over, a new uh, drama series on Channel 10, very exciting, from the creators of Sea Change and Cold Feet. Cold Feet. Muchly hyped. An Australian English co production. Take every Australian actor you could ever think of. Throw them onto the screen. You've got Lisa McCune, uh, uh, Rebecca, Gibney. Rebecca Gibney. I was just going to call her Halifax FP. Uh, Brooke Satchwell, Daniel McPherson. Uh, it's really a whole bunch of people that people in both countries are going to recognise very easily. Mm-hmm. They've put a lot of money into it. It's only six episodes long. Looks mm. great. Looks fantastic. It does. It looks very like the actual look of it mm-hmm. is is very good. Did either of you see it? Yes. No. Haven't had a chance to look at the right, tape. You, you've, you've got it on tape. <laughs> yeah. Well, when pending. You, pending. Yes. In four weeks. Time, I still haven't watched the, the Last House. Uh, right. But I think I'll be watching Dripping Over first. Uh. Really? Well, that's how the system works. See, his <laughs> last in, first out. <laughs> I cannot even begin to tell you what this show is about. Oh, really? I I watched it. Mm-hmm. it there are so many characters in it. And so many storylines. I really don't know which one I'm supposed to be following. Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, if I should care about any of them. Is that a criticism or a frustration at your own shortcomings? Given those two choices, I call it uh, a criticism. <laughs> there, there is a, like a, an A story which involves uh, the crossover, a bunch of people coming from... England to Australia and a bunch of Australians going from Australia to England do meet in Thailand 
Yes, for a couple of nights, and that that's the main. That was the that, main. The that main was the main thread in the in the first episode. That was the main thread. Yeah. Uh, thank you for reminding me to turn my phone off. I, I need uh, my phone on for for a segment. That's coming up later okay. for listeners to turn the page. <laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, <clears throat> But that's in the first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end of the first episode, half of them have gone to England, the other half have gone to Australia. What's going to happen now? I think, I think we're going to follow their stories. Yeah. It's, it's a timeless story of duck out of water. You think? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, no idea. <laughs> See, uh, I, I actually thought... Uh, I, I didn't think it was too bad, and I think it, it probably deserves an audience. I, yep. I don't think I'm that audience, but I think there are people out there who, who would like it and watch it, and I think it deserves to be a hit. I think Channel 10 should be congratulated for, for, for commissioning some local drama when we haven't had any. So do you think once it finishes, all the baby boomers are going to move over to London? Like they all, they've all done the tree change and sea change after sea change finished <laughs> up? No, because this isn't about baby boomers. Like Daniel McPherson goes over to London. It's still about young people with no direction going over to London. Daniel McPherson plays... A pretty much a version of himself. He yeah. he he was on a show in Australia called, called Next Door. Next Door, yeah. And uh, and there's a few kind of underhanded, loving jibes at neighbours. <laughs> Talking about you know catching up with Jason and yeah, a couple a couple of things like yeah. that, and uh, and and a bit about the plot. Just saying, you know, oh, you're in a coma, but you know, anytime you want to come back on the show, you can. We'll just play your favourite song, and <laughs> you'll wake up. Uh, and the, it just bottoms out, this show, whenever he is on. He's, he's just terrible. I understand that he's a very recognisable face because uh, he's been on both Neighbours and The Bill, but he is a terrible actor. And whenever he is on the screen, it is just like a it, sinkhole. It really grates, doesn't it? Meanwhile, you've got excellent young actors like Brooke Satchwell, who mm-hmm. I just think is superb. Who, uh, who I hope she's in it a bit more. So, so do I. Cause she was really in it for thirty seconds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, and Lisa McCune didn't. Did do we even see Lisa McCune? She was in the very start. I presume there's going to be more of that. She was Daniel McPherson's father's second wife. Oh right. Yeah. Right. So she was. She was in just very briefly. He's really going to go into a coma over in London, and they're all going to go over there and be all worried. <laughs> Uh, that's when she's going to become a central character. <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Life imitating there was, arts. There was a lot of there was a lot of action and drama in in this first episode. There was mm-hmm. just not enough to get me hooked, and I think that's that's the biggest problem with with this show that I have. However, at work today, I was talking to a few people about it. Uh, they were all women, and they all said, "Yeah, what a great show!" Saw Daniel McPherson naked. So I think they uh, really right. know who their audience is, and I think they're targeting that audience really, really well. Yeah, well, I, I was a bit uh, disappointed because my wife Deirdre hasn't had a chance to see it by the time we're recording this show, and I was interested to hear her opinion because, yeah, like I said, I thought it was well done. I probably wouldn't keep watching it, but I, I'm interested to see whether whether she thinks it's good or not. She'll she'll watch it regardless, <laughs> but I'm interested to, to to know whether she she thinks it's a good show or a bad show. Plus, nothing's really going to push me away from a show than in the first episode having most of it about a bunch of whinging backpackers in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a bit of a problem then with the <laughs> with the overall premise. I really do. I really do. That's tripping over. That's on Wednesday nights at eight thirty on Channel Ten. Hey, this is James Talia, and you're listening to the spot where you can find out everything good, bad, and otherwise on your box. It's the Box Cutters. 
the fall season in the US, we've covered many shows. This week, we're looking at Men in Trees mm-hmm. and 30 Rock. Let's cover mm. Men in Trees first. All right. I have seen episode five. I've seen one and two. I've seen one and two. Episode, okay. Now, uh, episode five seems like a very odd place to start. It was the only. It was the only way I could uh, I could see anything of it. However, one and two are mostly. I had no access to episodes one and two. Set up for the rest of the uh, for for the show. So, to give give me the premise because uh, my understanding of this show is. Firstly, it's got Anne Heche in it. Mm-hmm. She, she yeah, Anne Heche plays which, which again, somebody or other. She may as well be a backpacker in Thailand. <laughs> uh, she plays Marion Frist. Marion Frist. Marion Frist. She's a uh, she's a self help guru for she's a relationship. relationship coach. She's written a, she's written a number of successful, highly successful books about dating and one about the fact that she's going to get married, but she has picked the wrong man and. On her way to Alaska, she finds out that he is actually cheating on her. And through a series of improbable situational circumstances, she decides she's going to stay in Alaska. Now, I think I've heard this storyline before somewhere. Somebody from New York... Called Joel. ...moves to Alaska... And then has to deal with all the people in a small town in Alaska. There's a lot of parallels between this show and Northern Exposure. Parallels being a polite word. A polite word for plagiarism. <laughs> small town, Alaska. Uh, uh, um, uh, what, what was that thing I said before? Um, duck in a... Oh, duck out of water. Yeah, duck out of water. Fish out of water. It's fish out of water. Ducks often go out of water. <laughs> Especially when they're flying. Very hard for ducks to fly. I, was that what I said before? Water. I think so, yeah. And you guys didn't pull me up. Um, no, we criticise you so much, Brett. There's some stuff we just have to let fly through. But also it's from the uh, the head writers, one of the head writers and executive producers of Sex in the City. And there's there are particular scenes that are very Sex in the City. Uh, what do you substitute. Think? Carrie for uh, Marin. Oh yeah, yeah. When she's walking down the street and all the all the I, workers are coming the other way, and she kind of falls over herself and turns around and episode five. It was like Carrie episode walking five, down. There's a scene where she's lying on her bed typing on her laptop, and it's also oh. it's also all spoken from the perspective of a writer. Hmm. Okay, I didn't I didn't watch Sex in the City much, and I didn't watch Northern Exposure much, but I could see the parallels with Northern Exposure. I didn't I didn't see any with Sex in the City, but maybe if I'd watched. Sex in the city, well, I would see more. Well, I think it's more lack of sex in a small town. Ah, right, right. That's, that's, that's where the differences are there. Yeah. Uh, I hated it. Oh, really? Hated it. Well, interestingly, I was just going to say but quickly when you were talking about... on the about whole setup. I don't when, care. No, I watched it all out. <laughs> when you were talking about the uh, executive producer, the pilot was actually directed by uh, James Mengold. Right. James Mengold, who... Directed Heavy Girl Interrupted, Kate and Leopold, and most recently Walk the Line. Uh, he's a he's a f- sometimes fantastic director. Yeah, it, it is interesting. Now we've talked a lot about actors and writers going across crossing uh, into you, TV. You, you forgot about Copland. Copland, of course. Yes, Copland, which is his yeah his his greatest film, I believe. You had a chance to be a cop and you blew it. <laughs> that's that's my, for Jamie. That's my Robert De Niro impression. He loves it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, it's just interesting that uh, a a big name director now will come across and direct television. And interesting that you bring up that point because episode five, which I saw, mm-hmm. was directed by Joanna Kearns, who was the mother from Growing Pains. Oh, 
Okay. Interesting to see that a lot of actors who can't get work anymore are now directing <laughs> terrible television shows. <laughs> now, it's called Men in Trees because it's a logging town. and it, it, It's it's in the first... In the pilot, it's made very obvious. There's She comes across a sign that says... she she A branch almost hits her on the head, I think. Yeah. And she, she sees a sign that says, Warning, Men in Trees. Right. And she looks up and there's... Uh, there's a man in a tree. Two men in a tree. Right. And then branches. later later she's talking to her editor, I think, and she says, oh, there's men everywhere in this town. They're even in the trees. Yeah, see? And so it's that, she's, it's that she's, kind of writing. <laughs> she's decided to stay because she figured out she doesn't really know anything about men and we're better to find out about men than in a town where they outnumber the women 10 to 1. Right. She's in love with the uh, with the vet. <gasps> Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's not. Even, say, no, he's not even a vet. He's a forestry dude. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I really, I hated it. Well, there was nothing I mean, to like and, about and that it. Was, that's kind of interesting because that guy is is the the outdoorsman type of uh, Chris in the morning, and then there's the young guy who's on the radio in the morning being Chris in the morning. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's it's it is it's very full of cliches. Uh, it's actually absolutely loaded with them, especially that kind of, oh, she's attracted to the hunk. He's attracted to her, but they both pretend that they're not attracted to each other or the fact that she she has this ritual humiliation that she goes through because she's from a big city and she just doesn't understand small town life. I found the whole first night in town wiping herself out, going, give me a shot of vodka, give me a double, give me a double, and just being drunk and, and going to this talk and, and making a fool of herself was so cliched. That was yeah. really painful. I, I think I, there are cliches everywhere. They're even in the trees. <laughs> the, uh... But I, 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 I would, I, I, despite myself, I would enjoy it. I'm not going to bother to keep watching it, but... I am. More so than... I'm going to get it to at least episode five. Really? <laughs> yeah. More just than... to see if Josh is on crack again. <laughs> more than our other... More than the other show that we're doing in the fall preview tonight with 30 Rock... Uh, I, I would watch this if really? I had to. I, I wouldn't choose to, but I could watch it. See, 30 Rock, on the other hand, let's let's leave Anne Heche and her okay. Shelley Long impersonation Speaking behind. of cliched rivel, ribbon <laughs> drivel. <laughs> well, 30 Rock is uh, written and created by Tina Fey, yes. who uh, wrote the film Mean Girls, and for many years... Why did she write has, Mean Girls? Yeah, for many years has been doing the Saturday Night Live news update. A mm-hmm. very talented comedian, mm-hmm. uh, very talented uh, comedy writer. Mm-hmm. This show... Well, this show is interesting in that way because it's similar to Studio 60. Yes. It's another show that looks behind the scenes at a Saturday Night Live type show. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's interesting that both of these air on the same network as Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Both... Oh, so I didn't realise... Uh... Studio 60 was uh, was an NBC show. Yeah. Now, it's called 30 Rock because NBC is at 30 Rockefeller Plaza. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's kind of an obscure title, but what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> the uh, the show that they produced... She shouldn't, have, she shouldn't have put the number in. No, she shouldn't have put the number in. <laughs> she should have just gone Rock, rock. or Rockefeller or something. Hindsight's always 2020, <laughs> Ross. <laughs> it would have made a hit. <laughs> Or, or behind the girly show because the girly mm. show is the uh, is the name of the program that they're uh, that they're producing yes. and it's a mostly women's based uh, sketch comedy show mm-hmm. and the uh, with a woman star with a woman star who is uh, Jane Krakowski who most people will know from everything uh, Ellie McBeal especially yeah. as the horny receptionist 
the uh, she was also on Go. She was that that freaky wife. Oh, yeah. The uh, the thing is, uh, we see Tina Fey. We understand almost instantly that her character does not like people taking advantage of other people's decency. And she comes to work to find that her boss has been sacked and has been replaced by Alec Baldwin. Yes, Alec Baldwin, whose character made his made his career based on selling microwave ovens. Yes, ovens. And so, with the third type of heat. With the yes. third type of heat. So now he's in charge of all ovens and programming. Cooks a turkey in 18 minutes. Yeah. And... Uh, and Alec Baldwin was one of the most annoying things about this show. See, I completely disagree. Uh, I'd, I'd have to disagree as well. I think Alec Baldwin is is the thing that is most worth watching in this show. I, I, think... I, I would say it's the only thing worth watching was, in this show. It was so outrageously unrealistic that that this this network owner would actually be down on the freaking he's floor not the of network the studio. Owner. He's one of the owners. Well, he's but he's really in charge of of uh, production or programming. He's really in charge of programming. It's not about being realistic. It's a comedy. So it's not about being realistic. Alec Baldwin is the only person there whose character manages to be over the top and yet still watchable. Unlike the, uh, the, the actor that they try to get in to improve the girly show, what they try to do is get this kind of Dave Chappelle... Martin Lawrence-y. Martin Lawrence-y kind of thing. thing. Yeah, actually, uh, very Martin Lawrence-y. Uh, in, uh, they even they even reference veiled references to, to Big Mama's house, Big Mama's house, and, yeah. Uh, and he's just nuts. And I mean, the character's supposed to be nuts. And he talks a lot about how he has a mental disorder and how he is actually, you know, a little bit crazy, and that's and that's a problem. But he's too kind of random and and just almost unwatchable in I don't really care what he's going to do because I know he's going to do something outrageous and rarely is he going to you know even when it looks like he's going to surprise me and be uh, a gentle human being uh, I know that that's just going to fall on its feet later whereas Alec Baldwin's character as the boss is consistent and uh, and just a, a strong comedy character I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed with with what he's done there. Mm. Tina Fey, really. I mean, even though she's the central character, she she plays the central character. It's really a nothing role for her. It's it's it, yeah. It's very bland. She, she needs to explore more comic possibilities. Just then, her saying something definitely, absolutely won't happen, and, and then, then it happens, and then it happening in the very next frame that we see. I mean, it, there needs to be more in the humor than that. I mean. We were talking about the ovens and how uh, uh, Alec Baldwin's character, you know, creates this oven that has three types of heat. And the girly show that they that he takes over is already successful. And he says, "Oh, you need this third kind of heat, like the oven has. This show needs any kind of heat. Yeah, like it's just dull and drab and not very funny and not very interesting. I I would like to see a show about Alec Baldwin's character in real life, like." Just going about his day, yeah, doing his stuff. If it was if it was focused more on him, mm. that would be that would be a lot better. But yeah, I I can see why it's not doing well. Yeah, and interestingly, I think already you can really strongly see the Arrested Development influence, particularly in the little visual asides that they do. You know, uh, they change the name of the show to to suit their new star, 
and uh, Tina Fey's character says, oh, how can you do that? And Alec Baldwin says, oh, it tested really well with the focus groups. And you have a little flash of him in the focus group saying, say you like it and I'll give you this pizza. Yeah, and the focus group was full of fat people Yeah, as well. And then just quickly click back into the show. I mean, that, that sort of stuff's very Arrested Development. Yes. Is, there actually, is there actually any link to the Arrested Development production team? None that I've seen. There's no laugh track, uh, which this no, definitely think, seems like a show that, that I think would it's really, have one. I think yeah. it's really NBC saying, we love Tina Fey and we're going to let her do what she wants to do because we want to keep her on board. Uh and if she wants to do something that's Arrested Development style, sure, we know it's not going to work, but let her do it. Mm. I think that's I think that's where it's coming down to. Do, do we know who's got it here? Uh, I don't think anyone's really picked it up. It's only had two episodes so far in the States, mm. and I haven't heard that anyone's really picked it up yet. Okay. So I think that's a... Because it's a half-hour, no-laugh-track comedy, I think Australian networks are just doing a wait-and-see, Yeah. and possibly wisely. Yeah. That's 30 Rock and Men in Trees. Jason Alexander's Christmas... Comedy Christmas. Comedy Christmas. If you're, uh, if you're in Melbourne, you might have seen the ads for it or he's been doing a bit of press. Uh, the Crown Casino has got a great score coming up, which is, yeah, Jason Alexander's Comedy oh, he's Christmas. he's coming out live. Uh, well, yes. Uh, or is he doing a, a, a Jamie Oliver? No, no, no. it in. No, no he's, he's, he's going to be there. He's coming live. Uh, now, for those who might be a bit confused at this point, this is not Britney Spears's 24-hour husband. Vegas husband that she married that, uh, that time a few years ago. This is actually Jason Alexander who plays George Costanza. From Seinfeld? I always thought they were the same person. Oh, really? No, I never they're... even thought of, of Britney's <laughs> freaking 24-hour husband. And uh, the the ad which I'm staring at now for, for this comedy sensation, uh, which they describe as an evening of hilarious stand-up, Christmas carols and improvisational comedy, is subtitled, This Laughter is Making Me Thirsty. Oh. You get that? Because that's, that's probably George's most famous line. Yeah. These pretzels are making me thirsty. It was Kramer's line. It was Kramer's line. Yeah, but George is the one who's, who's well known for it. Right. You I, don't think I know I, Kramer better for that line. Really? Yeah. Can oh, I say? Because he was on Woody Allen's film doing the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't you remember when George had his own interpretation of it? <laughs> when he was parking all the cars? Never mind. Uh, can I say... This concept is making my ass bleed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to uh, I just wanted to advise anybody out there listening in uh, in TV land, please don't go and see this. <laughs> no, it's it really sounds like the worst kind of poison. <laughs> Jason Alexander is a very talented guy. Uh, he's he's apparently he's a very good singer. He's a very good dancer. He's won a Tony Award. Uh, he he's brilliant. He's in a Seinfeld. great performer. He's no comedian. No. Uh, he, he is very unfunny. This is the most spurious Seinfeld-related entertainment we've had since Kenny Kramer came <laughs> out and was doing his, oh, I'm the real Kramer stick. Uh, which, I, can't, I don't even know how you could fill a show with that. It's one sentence. You, you know what it was? <laughs> he was doing his tour of New York that he does. 
but in Melbourne. Yeah. Right. Well, with a PowerPoint presentation. Where, well, when you figure out how he did it, tell the audience because <laughs> they're confused as to what went on as well. <laughs> All poor people who paid for that. Uh, and by his own admission, Jason has, has acknowledged that he was coming to Melbourne anyway and his manager said, let's try and set you up some work to pay for it. Right. So uh, obviously, uh, that that just screams quality. Uh, I think I think people tend to forget two main things about Seinfeld. One was that it was an ensemble, meaning that they all had equal parts, and and any of the four didn't really stand out over over any of the others. And secondly, the fact that the writing really was the star of Seinfeld. The writing, the observations, the you know the social nuances. That that's what really uh, Seinfeld was, and. I can assure you that uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David won't be writing Jason Alexander's <laughs> comedy material. But come uh, on, he was in Coneheads. He was very funny there. Was he? He was, he was also in Pretty Woman, let's not forget. <laughs> was he? This, this is... Uh, this is yeah. Not in the spa. No, no. He, was, he was the one who... Uh, he, he was the one who... who figured out she was a prostitute. Yeah. Because if anyone knows hookers, <laughs> it's Jason Alexander. And that thing with uh, Jack Black... Yeah, with the yep, that horrible one. Yeah, uh, this is this is audience exploitation of the worst kind. I mean, if you like Akmal Sal or the Scared Weird Little Guys or Tom Gleason, by all means, go ahead and say it. But uh, or or if the fact that you know hilarious improvised Christmas carols and comedy doesn't make you run screaming out of the room, by all means, go see it. But uh, don't go see it for George. Letters to box cutters. It's been such a long time. It has been a long time. We've been we've been saying we're going to do it every week, and then the show just fills up with magic. And the one yeah. week where I don't print them out. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really? Even though you knew because we because uh, we put it in a, an email to you. Maybe maybe you can go first then, Brett. <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, oh, oh, off, oh. off the top of your head. Uh, well, Kerry Boxcutter wrote to say uh, she's had a look at the first uh, disc available at her video library of Entourage, and she really doesn't see what the attraction is. Uh, I did respond to it, saying that uh, Ari Gold's character is awesome, even though he's an asshole. Well, it's... Um, and Eric Eric is, is kind of the focus of, of the three the four guys and the others are just comic relief or plot devices. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Turn the page again. Thank you. <laughs> it is interesting that you say that because we also had a text this week. Really? Yeah, so anybody who wants to what, what can send us that a text. On, Ross? <laughs> they all know. one 800 hooray. You can uh, need it to repeat us Well, a lot of phones now can send SMSs to email addresses, so hooray at boxcutters.net. Yes. Uh, this one came all the way from London and said, Hey there, so I remember something you guys said, and I made a little box set purchase, and I've been laughing bleeping hard at Jeremy Piven as Ari Gold. James Talia. James Talia. Thank you very much. James, who will be on next week on the line live from London. Awesome. Fantastic. Our, our London correspondent. Uh, it, it's interesting because when we we originally covered uh, Entourage as a thing she may have missed, yep. I speculated that 
possibly it wouldn't be as appealing to a female audience, given that it is strongly a male fantasy show. I so know is, women who have, have been. Oh, I remember you, you both. You both said that at the same time, but it is interesting to see that from Kerry that that she just was, you know, not interested. Yeah, that that is interesting. Hey, I've uh, I've got a letter from loyal listener Lindell. Loyal listener Lindell. Loyal listener Lindell. Mm-hmm. Hello. Uh, dear box cutters, The Simpsons return with an all new treehouse of horror. Now I've got to do Roman numerals in my head. I can't understand uh, that. Out. Seventeen. Mm-hmm. XVII. That's it. On Sunday, November the fifth, on Fox in the US. So I'm sure it will be available on Monday, November sixth. Yes. Uh, on online. Yes. Uh, but there's also, uh, she sent us a link where you can create your own Treehouse of Horror video. Yes. So I'll uh, post that up on the Box Cutters site. And I will actually post it up which, on the Box Cutters site. <laughs> which is... Uh, Are and, you doing that right at the moment? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. Even though I turned my computer on, and, I'm not uh, doing it right at the moment. That, uh, that link is actually quite interesting. It's, it's introed by uh, uh, the two aliens who are in every week. Kudos, Kudos and... and uh, and, yeah. his, and his sister, <laughs> whatever his sister's name is. Kang. Kang, Kang, Kang and Kodos. Uh, and they're talking about how, uh, how, it's, how it's a brilliant cross-promotion because people make these films and it's just advertising for The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so that's good. But it's worth... Well, uh, it's a nice attitude from, yeah. from uh, property owners yeah. rather than suing the ass off anybody that, that happens to put a likeness of Bart Simpson into something that they've done. Yeah. Yep. Just, so uh, it's uh, it's worth having a look when Josh posts that on the web. You can all uh, you can all have a look. Hey, we got another letter from uh, a Mr. Dave Norris, and uh, Mr. Norris says late Sunday night, which is probably like six months ago now, but late Sunday night, I flicked on the Channel Nine comedy show. A sketch caught my eye that made me think of Ross in particular. It was a break between the episodes. On the screen, they had a list of shows coming up. The voiceover introduced the first one as running late. Uh, running late to make people miss the start of other shows. The second show started at 8.42, so people were ta- who were taping it missed the last 15 minutes. And the third show, they weren't going to air at all because it was Channel 7 and they didn't give a shit about their viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, thought, I, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Truth in advertising. Yeah, yeah. Although uh, I do think it is a bit rich Channel 9 <laughs> having a shot at Channel 7 over this given their recent history, particularly with the Wednesday Night Shuffle. Yeah, what, what is it that uh, Jesus allegedly said? Let those without sin, something yada, yada, yada? <laughs> Cast the first bone. <laughs> something yada, 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 yada. Although, now that the footy show's off and Millionaire hasn't come back, what have Channel 9 got that's live that, that people that can't control themselves are going to drive forward 15 minutes? What? Sorry? Are there, are there any shows on Channel 9 at the moment that are done live that is where people can't actually keep to time? Yeah, the news. No, the news always keeps to time. They, and yet, remarkably, they still run late every yeah. night. They'll find something. Mm. They'll find a way. Oh, it's those, that breaking news. Yeah, yeah. All, all that breaking news. Hey, uh, Gabby, uh, box cutter, mm-hmm. long time, long time writer, uh, has said uh, she loves listening to us talk about the fall season. Oh, good. Quote, my only problem is I can't download any of them. Sad face. Mm. Between downloading Prison Break, Lost and Veronica Mars, I'm having trouble not going over my 10 gigs a month. And then I have a slow speed for like a week. Ugh! The things a girl has to go through. I've just got through three and a half weeks of slow speed for my peak <laughs> side of the day. 
and today just came back online and still i managed to download another 12 gig over my peak limit you you are some kind of super downloading man i'm just very patient if only between 12 and 2 if only you're a watcher too I do. I've watched so much. <laughs> hey, uh, that was interesting with Gabby too because she was saying she was interested in maybe looking at Heroes and as a uh, as a regular viewer of Heroes, I would say do it. It's You know what? Do it. It, it takes about three episodes to, to really find its feet. Uh, I've just watched episode five mm-hmm. and I wish I had it on DVD so I could just keep watching it. Yeah, I just need to know what happens next. It gets better and better. It's fantastic. But but mm-hmm. if you keep watching episode five again and again, you won't find out what happens next. Lastly, what? No, you, no, no! I don't want to watch episode five again and again. Ah, keep I, moving through the series. I wish ah, I, wish watch, I had the ah, series. That, that was makes, how it started sounding initially. I, I wish I had the series on a box set as a DVD sense. box set, like I did with the first series of Deadwood, so I could just. Keep watching it hey, without uh, any pauses. You know how uh, they've balked on doing a fourth series of Deadwood and they're going to do a couple of movies instead. Yes. Uh, the budget for Deadwood per episode is apparently $5 million. That really? Was, was that the, the standard in season episodes? Apparently so. Um, no wonder they uh, no wonder they balked at doing it. Speaking of which, I've, I've been watching so a lot that of two hundred thousand for the government is really competitive. <laughs> Actually, you, you know, what? I, I want to bring this up in pork. Okay. So uh, we'll do this uh, last letter to box cutters, and then we'll get into some pork. And then we'll pork it up. This comes from Daniel Boxcutter. Hi there, box cutters. We're watching TV tonight, and then he goes in to talk about the Mentos ad. Ah, yes. That we've all been meaning to not buy for the f- past few weeks. Yes, yes. Uh, so he got in first and he doesn't buy it, essentially. Uh, he says, guys, topless at the beach, pops a Mentos in his mouth and a waft of cool surrounds him. Then, as you would expect, his nipples suddenly become about two inches long and stick right out away from his body. He seems pleased, starts walking around, around town with his shirt off, etc., etc., impresses ladies. He can move his nipples. DJs, DJs with them. They're waving around like your arms in the air, like you just don't care. Yeah. Now, and then he gets, to, then he goes to his point where he says, "Now, I don't buy that, but there's more." I did a search on the net to find this ad, which I was certain I would find somewhere, and I just couldn't. I was pretty surprised as well. The internet has everything. In the end, I found it, but it looks like it was a rebranded ad. It is, in fact, an Italian ad for a chewing gum called Vigorso. Oh. I guess we must see a lot of that stuff here. Pepsi Max ads originally being Mountain Dew ads in the US, etc. Now here I have to say, Pepsi Max ads are Pepsi Max ads everywhere in the world except for the US. Oh. In the US, they're Mountain Dew. Everywhere else in the world, they're Pepsi Max. So how do they advertise Pepsi Max in the US? They don't have it. They don't have it? They don't have it. Oh. So they don't. So right. what's their Pepsi tasting thing without any sugar? Coke. Pepsi Light. They just have the one kind of Pepsi Light. But we don't have Pepsi Light. So no, ha- no, we do have Pepsi Light. Do we? Yeah, it's di- It's what used to be called Diet Pepsi. All right. I'm not a Pepsi drinker, so I don't see these things. Anyway. <laughs> but I've says, never seen an ad for Pepsi Light. There are two points to this email, if you will forgive the pun. <laughs> yeah, two points. Two points. Nipples. One, stupid and slightly revolting ad. Two, deregulation sucks. At least there would be something to it if it gave some work to Australian directors, actors, and bizarre prosthetic manufacturers. Well, it was actually Jim Henson's uh, Creature Workshop. Is that what it's called? Monster Workshop? Really? Yeah. That, that was behind the, the puppetry of the nipples. Well, good Pu- luck well, to... Well, 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 puppetry. 
Yeah, doesn't doesn't a little this, puppets. doesn't this Italian doesn't this Italian chewing gum, gum make this make your nipples stick out like this? Strangely, no. That's false advertising. It's false Let's advertising. Sue them. So it's a metaphor. So I, <laughs> for how fresh it makes you feel. I ah. take <laughs> I, I take his point though that that yes, there are ads that are being made overseas, being shown here, and advertising for a long time was where people got their start. Advertising and, uh, you know, maybe video clips. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's less and less of that work going on. So how are we supposed to encourage our own industry Mm -hmm. when we're not giving our industry the start that it needs. And, and you do see that quite a lot. You do see ads that you would assume would be shot in Australia and then there'll be a telltale sign which will indicate uh, perhaps they're not. Uh, I can I usually know... tell from the transfer from NTSC to PAL. It's always a little bit fuzzy because they've okay. got less lines. I know there's an ad, I think it's for Zavirax cold sore cream or something and she's got... The, she's got the helmet on the whole time and she's doing like yep. an aerobics oh, yeah, class yeah, yeah. and she's in her office. She's swimming in a rooftop swimming pool and you can see uh, Sagrada Familia in the background. So it's obviously Barcelona. Right. <laughs> but, uh, you know, apart from that, there's no other way to tell that it's, that it's a Spanish ad. Yeah. And that's uh, letters to box cutters. Thank you for writing in to everybody who did write in. You can send your emails to hooray at boxcutters.net. And uh, if uh, we like them, we'll read them out. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Now, we were talking about heroes, then we started talking about Deadwood, Mm -hmm. and uh, you said that... Ross said that it costs $5 million to make an episode of Deadwood. Apparently so. I've been watching Carnival on your recommendation, mm-hmm. uh, and I sent you a text at 11.30 one night this week mm-hmm. talking about how amazing it is. Now, I really... now, you didn't start with episode five of that, did you? No. No, I started from the very beginning. Excellent. The first season. The first season. Yep. And worked my way through that. Now I'm working my way through the second season. Mm-hmm. It is available to rent at uh, at a lot of video stores here, so... Uh, that's how I've been getting through it, which is just fantastic because I do get to watch it all at once. How good's the cover of the second one? Oh yeah, it's got uh, it's got a huge it's got little Ben Hawkins walking along the road and a huge brother Justin towering over him. It's uh, it's and it's such a great series. It is fantastic. But every now and then, I just look at it and go, "How expensive is it to make? Do you have any any figures on that?" Because I, I, don't off the top of my head. I know, um, I mean, HBO do spend a lot of money on their drama. Uh, and apparently Rome, I heard just recently from a friend, Rome was the most expensive series ever made. Well, and that would just be cast. I mean, it had a huge cast, right? Yeah, yeah. So presumably that's over the $5 million for Deadwood. And yeah, and Carnival. So I assume Carnival would have been uh, would have been very expensive. So many very outdoor expensive. shots. I mean, it's almost entirely shot on location, mm-hmm. uh, and it's all remote. And I'm looking at these and going, "How did they even get power out there? How yep, yep. Just fantastic generators, which are expensive. Right. It's expensive to it's do. Just a any big truck. Shit. You drive it in. Yeah, it's just a big truck. It is. So what? It, that means it's free, Brett. No. <laughs> but they're very simple to install. It's not like you can drive somewhere that you can get power there. 
Yeah, but it's not to, like you have to run that cable, the coax. They they do. Yeah, but it's my point is that it's expensive. Not that not that they're paying a lot of money in cabling. Do you actually, <laughs> as as you're watching uh, the second season, do you pay any mind to the fact that uh, it got axed? At the end of the second season, I, I and there's, there's no actual denouement to, to the story. I pretty much line. weep at the end of every episode. I'm about halfway through season two at the moment. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, it just it keeps getting better, too. Yeah, it, it really does. And it just stops. You will, you will notice, too, uh, I, I'm not saying this would save them lots of money on cabling, but uh, <laughs> they uh, whenever they do, uh, the, the carnival is set up and dismantles and they go off somewhere else but the locations look very similar yeah they, they they're, do. they're driving across the american all Midwest, of the american midwest looks, looks like that <laughs> yeah yeah yes. it all just looks like it, it, it especially back in the their 30s when everyone was just <laughs> dust farmers <laughs> and then there's there's a lot of stuff that's uh, that's shot in texas near the border and so they'd just be using mexican labor for, for a lot of that so ah, so that's cheap mexican yeah. cabling it's much cheaper easy <laughs> hey something i noticed over the week uh which i couldn't quite think of where to put it apart from pork um at the end of jericho last week are, are you guys uh still yep. watching yep. jericho no nope. nope. did you uh stay tuned in for the dude uh talking about next week over the uh, end credits uh Possibly not. I can't Where remember. he mentioned or, or referenced the nuclear attack. Nuclear? He said fucking uh, nuclear attack. Oh, <laughs> language warning. <laughs> the uh, Nuclear. That's Why, terrible. What, what is wrong with these people that can't say nuclear? And especially for a freaking professional who gets paid a lot of money to be a voiceover artist. Maybe it was, maybe it was written nuclear. <laughs> no. It's wrong, and it shouldn't have been let through. It shouldn't have been spoken. Speaking of voiceovers mm-hmm. and heroes, mm-hmm. when are they going to stop with that unnecessary voiceover at the beginning of each episode? I don't think they are. It just, it adds nothing. It's a crutch. It adds nothing. And I, th- I think they've just got it there. Just, they just lean on it thinking, we might need this. They don't need it. No. Apparently, uh, in the US, they showed a, a marathon of all the episodes up till now on a different night than it's usually on, and uh, that caused a huge spike in the rating, ratings for it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's now, I think, the, the top-rating new show in, yeah. in the States. So, it's been five episodes? Yes. I've been start watching. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I might watch tomorrow. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It's very, uh, very tense, very exciting. Yeah. Um, hey, speaking yeah. of shows with heroes in the title, mm-hmm. uh, Chris Lilly is uh, very much in the, towards the end of the production of uh, his new thing. That's okay. as much as I can say. Excellent. Right. Yep. Oh. Do you have more behind the scenes? That's as much as I can say. Right. What about if we turn the microphone off? Your microphone's off now. Ross Hey uh, I wanted to ask you uh, Josh it's not really So much on the television thing But uh, you're a bit of a comedy Aficionado Yes Putting aside Jason Alexander (laughs) Is this a good comedy lineup? Akmal Sale, Scared Weird Little Guys Tom Gleason, Kitty Flanagan And Rebecca Di Unanimo Rebecca Dino is is probably the uh, uh, the odd one out in that. She's not pictured in that lineup. No, she's, she's not pictured in the ads. She's not pictured. She didn't. Who she is, didn't make the cut. Sorry, who is pictured? Uh, Akmal oh, Sal and Flanagan. Yep. Look, Akmal sells out comedy festivals 
every year? Melanie International Comedy he Festival. He has been year? on every show, on every channel. Glass you turn, thank God you're here. You can't turn mm. the TV on without seeing him. That the big wank, whatever it's called, the big question. He's and the th- we, I think- we don't get to see it because it's. It's currently while we're broadcasting it, but I talked about it a few weeks ago. It's that new uh, Channel 9 show where they answer the big questions such as, oh, is man. Ford better than Holden and other crap? Uh, are even numbers... countdown show. Well, I mean, they do have celebrities and same, they do have clips. Same so, format, yeah. yeah. Are even numbers better behaved than odd numbers? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Akmal Sai, who, who I find quite funny... Mm-hmm. Uh, when he's not pandering to his audience, uh, okay. his audience tend to be of a certain type. Yep. And, uh, and his live audience, his or? live his live audience tend to be of a certain type. I think his humour is a lot more can be a lot more intelligent than uh, than actually ends up happening in a live show. Yep. yep. Uh, so you're talking about a specific ethnicity, or no, no, no. I'm talking about a, a specific type. kind of mental level. Uh, the uh, what about the uh, the Pepsi Lano Woodley? Scared with little guys. Oh come on! You can't call them that. They were around for years and years. They were the phones. <laughs> they they started out in an acapella group. Yeah, what good about on the them. Uh, what about the Pepsi Lano Woodley? They. Uh, <laughs> you know what? You, you know where they lost me forever. And thank, I mean, thank forever. God you're right. No, what was it called? You may be right. No. Fernando uh, Stairway to Heaven. No. Earlier. Earlier. When, when I saw him in the milk bar, the local milk bar that time. No, that had nothing to do with me. The, the Kiss little, done the, opera style. The waltzing, little guy. Waltzing Matilda done as a rap. That was atrocious. Made me embarrassed to be Australian. I had to put on a fake accent the whole week when I heard <laughs> that. Just It was terrible. When was that? Scared with little guys, however... Still sell out. Very popular. Uh, who else? Who else? Tom Gleeson. Tom Gleeson. Kitty Flanagan. Uh, Rebecca D. Dan and and Jason Alexander. And Jason Alexander. Uh, and uh, and Are they all on Tom the Gleeson. Yeah. People still love Tom Gleeson. He's still he's still working off the uh, Australian fast bowler stuff. So uh, okay. Uh, and you know, and he's he's quite a good stand up. Yeah. And, you know, it wouldn't be a bad night of entertainment, but. Uh, it would also potentially be a cancerous night of entertainment. Well, I mean, just just with Jason Alexander, it would be you. You would think. I mean, the the show's obviously been ready to go, and they've just said, "Oh, we'll get some big name to to host it, whatever." He's just the wrong choice. Yeah. And anybody who's seen uh, any of the Bob Patterson show, which was his follow up to Seinfeld, or the other one that he did with um, with the guy from Roseanne, John Goodman. Uh, he really needs material. You know that he he's not a funny man. He really, really needs. He's brilliant material. as George. Uh, so you're saying that he's going to be emceeing between them? Yes. Yeah. yeah. What? That's what he's doing. That's his. That's he's his MC. Job. He's, yeah. he's the MC. Meanwhile, my God, how much is he slumming it? Speaking of, uh, <laughs> you reckon he's slumming it? Yeah. This is going to prove an international artist like him not to be headlining. This is going to have to deign to introduce all those no, other people. No, no, no. He's headlining. It's called Jason Alexander's Comedy yeah, Christmas. But, he's not but he's coming introducing out. No, everyone. but Brett, you don't understand. He's not coming out especially for it. It's no, entirely a tax break. He's not slumming it. He's, he's slumming it. He's not slumming it. He's claiming it. There's a huge difference. A huge difference. Speaking of uh, 
television celebrities who are coming out and doing shows. Mm-hmm. I picked up tickets this week to go and see Billy Crystal do his 700 Sundays show. Oh, okay. That's, uh, that's going to be next February. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, I've been yeah a that should be good. I've been a big fan of his ever since uh, Can, he was Jody on Soap. Do you mind me asking uh, how much the tickets are? $150 each. I don't think I'll be going along. Where's it at? Uh, it's on at the State Theatre in Melbourne, and uh, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe the Opera House in Sydney? Sh- should be a very good show. It yeah. Should, it should be really good. It's sold out in uh, in New York, mm. uh, and the only reason that he's coming to Australia is because he's getting such huge ticket sales, they've had to move theatres, and the time when he's coming to Australia is the time when they're going to be moving uh, theatres. There's a, a bit of a break in between when one show ends when his show needs to end and when the show in the theatre that he's moving into is going to end. But this yep. is apparently the sort of show he'll be doing for the rest of his life. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. What type of show is that? Uh, it's, he's uh, talking about... It's, it's just him on stage yeah. the whole time, just uh, reminiscing about his life, I believe. Isn't yeah. It? Um, apparently. Amazing. Uh, other shows I'm going to see include Urge Overkill tonight. So, so bit let's finish this show so I can get over Connelly. there. <laughs> it's a bit Billy Connolly. Uh, no, Billy Crystal, you're, you're mixing them up. <laughs> uh, just a quick uh, programming thing. Thank God Joy here's a season finale uh, is a special one. It's going to be going from 7.30 till 8.45 oh, with an extra 15 minutes of fantastic. Tommy G <laughs> looking up his nostrils. Thank God you're running late. <laughs> that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 58. Thank you for listening. Thank you also very much to 3 R, whose studios we use for recording this podcast. If you want to email us, hooray at boxcutters.net and check out the blog at boxcutters.net. If you want to text us, feel free. Until next week, <laughs> my name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. <laughs> <laughs>